0: i Spaces welcome to the ether today is wednesday july 13th 2022 today on the ether the shade protocol weekly twitter space let's take a listen
1: hey everyone we're going to give it a couple minutes here um got some people joining i see moon royalty jumped in so we'll bring you up as a speaker and then moon royalty are we is waffle and orgo are going to be joining as well correct
2: I believe so, but the governance call seems to be running over a little bit.
1: Okay, sounds good. Um, I think Carter's also going to be running maybe five minutes late. We're finishing up some uh, reviews in regards to employees um, at the company right now. So he's going to be finishing that up. But um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll kind of get things started in regards to... we're going to be talking about today. So today we're going to be discussing a few models of proposed models for bonds and shade bonds specifically. So there's a couple different models that we have. Um, Moon Royalty and Carter are going to be discussing one type of model and our community members Orgo and Waffle are going to be discussing a different type of model. And We've been kind of going back and forth in our in our chats uh, for the Shade Spartans in regards to what models the best, and um, kind of the economics behind them and, and how they're gonna be laid out. Moon Royalty, do you wanna talk a little bit more about these? Sure. Um, yeah, I think the the first thing I think is helpful is just
2: like, you know, what is the purpose of the bond? And then also maybe like just discuss the um the way that shade tokenomics work a little bit. Cause I think there's also a little bit of like a misconception around like how new shade is created. Cause I noticed Waffle said that there will only ever be 10 million shade So um, I guess it's useful to point out that 10 million shade is actually the starting supply of shade. And within that um, I think it was 10 or 15% was given to the treasury. Um, And then, so like, what is the purpose of the treasury? I mean, the treasury is the DAO. That is where we will have money um, owned by the shade protocol, the protocol on liquidity to further um, give benefit to shade dApps. And so, you know, I think the waffle model, which if anyone didn't read the Forum proposal, it's essentially asking people to buy shade off of the swap or use shade that's in their wallet and deposit it with another asset as an LP token to then get this uh, shade discount uh, through the bonding mechanism. And then the BIRD model is essentially hey, we have this 10, 15% of the allocation that's sitting in the treasury for the purpose of the for the purpose of the protocol and that we should basically use that to um to bootstrap the liquidity and so from my perspective um the bird model is beneficial because one thing that would be economically inefficient with buying an lp token is paying a premium for your own asset so like i said we have 10 15 percent of all of the shade that currently exists sitting in a portfolio waiting to be used for the purpose of shade protocol so why would we pay someone like you give me 10 shade and i will give you 11 shade back that is essentially what would happen if you were buying lp tokens um you know so from my perspective like i said like bonding is actually the only way that new shade will come into existence so the more shade that we give out the more inflation of shade occurs and so like to get the same level of depth of liquidity if you needed to buy 100 secret maybe that's 10 shade but um, now if you wanted 100 secret worth of liquidity in the waffle model um, you would actually need to give out 200 shade versus the 100 so to me it's really about like the inflation of shade as an asset and it's really about minimizing the premium that you're paying for assets which you already own um and so the the basis of this mechanic is really borrowed from ohm and i have a hypothesis i don't know i wasn't there but i feel like the ohm model um was kind of not about treasury management, like the treasury wasn't really there for the purpose of like making decisions about allocating capital. It was really just there for the sake of being there. And I feel like our treasury is being built in a way that has so much more functionality, like, you know, the ability to LP it with a token already. So, um yeah i mean i could look up maybe like own tokenomics just to see if they even provided their protocol with any Om to start but that would be that would be like a basis for the conversation i guess i think
3: yeah i obviously. think the both both tokenomics cannot be compared at all because the two protocols are not the same but they invented the bonding mechanism and through bonding you have the minting of a new token so I don't know if you could compare both, but I know that I'd rather in the Waffle model, just actually it's not the Waffle model, it's just the Lampus model. It's, it's keeping the treasury and minting new tokens. So this is just to preserve the treasury.
2: But for what purpose is what is what I was, uh, I think you joined maybe a little late, but I was describing like the treasury that is set aside for this purpose, like expressly to add protocol owned liquidity. So it's like, when you say like preserve the treasury, it's like for what? Because this was the purpose of the treasury.
4: But Ranger, what, what you're missing is that the present value of shade is probably quite far off or anybody here probably sees it as being in the future. So the point is you're currently inflating your supply bit by bit by minting through inflation and you're gaining shade because the module has a much higher amount of shade than the bird model we've had because there you're reducing the amount of shade you hold which means that once you get to a more realistic valuation of where shade deserves to be at you have a far greater amount of value that the treasury can then deploy to boost liquidity even further
2: but the way that um dex's work is if you ha- even if we use the price of shade today and we put a hundred shade in lp pool with secret if the price of shade goes to a thousand that doesn't mean that we somehow didn't get the equivalent amount of secret like there would still be il and we would get a ton more secret into our protocol
3: you would you would still lose the shades which would have taken value much more than secret the potential See- of growth from from shade is much bigger than for secret because of tokenomics, because of many different reasons. So in the end, let let people taking advantage of the bond, buy the shade, accept the loss, create the LP, and just provide it to the DAO. We keep the treasury for future endeavors, okay, like we, which can be different. And in the other hand, it creates like a true economic uh, activity. People buy, so you have a small buy pressure. Uh, the LP, the will so the so uh, the liquidity gets bigger and grows and then a few weeks later a day i mean the rational investors will dump it but the liquidity will already be bigger and we can keep pushing like this until we own the market and then we would be the ones buying and selling shade we would still have our uh, treasury and it would have brought some volume in it it's some kind of dynamic that you boost maybe you're you're giving away you're, you're giving shade for shade okay but behind you've created a big dynamic it it's functionally the same as long as
2: you're not paying a premium for your own asset like the buying pressure that would occur from purchasing a shade is a one-time buying pressure you buy the shade to lp it and then you give the bond back to the protocol and then you dump the shade that's just wash trading so like you're getting 30 basis points of transaction fees on that so unless the bond discount is less than um let's say 15 basis points or something or yeah 15 basis points i think 60. um the direction is but like basically the discount would have to be super low otherwise you're losing out even
3: with this fake buying pressure discount would be low but on the other hand you're creating some positive movement in the market so when people are buying shade to bond it and give it to the protocol they're making the price go uh, higher so the first person who will bond will bond maybe 10 shades. But the last person at the end of the bond policy will maybe bond with secret, I don't know, seven. So this would have created also some kind of pump. Some will dump, others create bond with whatever they received. That's what happens with Olympus. So people receiving discount at home, they're pairing it with die and giving it back. So this is the kind of... Um, how we call it, financial volume that you are looking for and that will bootstrap the liquidity. And the more people dump, the less the price impact it will have. Because meanwhile, all this happened, the liquidity grew.
2: One key difference between us and OM is OM was promising to pay out APY. So like,
3: we're, we're not- um, We're not, we're just talking about the bonding mechanism. Those protocols, they, they have absolutely nothing in common between the promise and the project, but the bonding protocol is actually the same. Well, we're,
2: we're already changing what bonding means. Like, so the way, the way that our bonding works is already different than ohms. Like, you know, the bond, the value of, a of a shade is not $1 and we're paying out all the rest of it. I don't really, I don't really agree with it. I mean, it's functionally the same if there's zero discount on the bond. Right, because then you're just giving a hundred shade and you're getting a hundred shade back. But is once you start putting in a premium, paying for your own asset, then I just fundamentally disagree with that model.
3: Why this model has been working and has been applied for so many protocols in the last last months? So.
1: So I'm going to I'm going to jump in here really quick because now the teams are even um, just in in terms of uh, (laughs) of competition here. Um, So for everyone who who's joined um, specifically, normally how we run these things um, is that we have very specific community members that have been discussing these in the chats. um, And these these people are going to be speaking. We'll do a do a Q&A at the end of the of the Twitter space. So just if you guys do have questions, just know that they they will have an opportunity to be answered. Um, But for everyone else, contextually here, so we've got Carter and Moon Royalty kind of on the, what they're calling the bird model of bonds. And then we've got Secret, Waffle and Anon here talking about the kind of OG version of bonds, kind of more the Ohm, ohm model, but what we've deemed the Waffle model. And obviously, as you can tell, there are some very key differences in regards to how is the treasury utilized. And then specifically what I think we were about to get into was cell pressure on, on shade specifically and what that looks like in the two different models. But since Carter just joined um, let's give him the stage really quick just to kind of get him up to speed um, in regards to what's been mentioned and and what hasn't yet. Yeah.
5: Apologies for being slightly late. was hopping off another meeting, but if someone wants to give like the 32nd TLDR of waffle versus bird discussion so far, that would be super helpful. And um, yeah, we can go from there.
4: Well, the, the bird model uh, basically you use the treasury to buy a single asset token only. Um you issue you might issue a discount or whatever. But essentially what it is, you're trading shade for a single token. The waffle model, you trade shade for an LP token, which also comprises shade. So a criticism of it could be that you are issuing discounted shade for The nominal value of shade but the key difference is that the waffle model believes that the treasury should not be used at the early point of the protocol rather you should use inflation to mint additional shade interesting
5: so my my question for that would be like at the point that you're minting minting shade to give out to a bond how is that different than grabbing from the treasury first and then refilling treasury with shade later. Like it seems like an interesting demarcation and I, I'd love to like understand the conceptual difference between minting now versus minting later.
4: Um, well, the, the, the train of thought kind of goes along the lines that the value of shade is relatively low right now r- relative to what we believe to be its future value. And what it, Deserves to be, of course. And the view is if you're inflating now, the value of the inflation will be nominally smaller in terms of how much output you can get. So 2% inflation of shade at the current moment will yield a lot more than what we would be able to do in the future, because 2% inflation in the future would be quite a a large amount, so to speak. And the the thought is that at least when I modeled it the amount of shade um, that is emitted through inflation, forty-five, um, well, 50% less half of the discount will be returned to the treasury. So that is the net increase you will see in the treasury with 50% plus the discount rate being emitted to the people of which a portion will also be returned through transactions if anyone sells their shade. So realistically, it's quite an even distribution of shade. And one that benefits the treasury a lot in the longer term, while not really having a cost to the to the user that's going to buy any bonds.
5: Interesting. So it's almost like it's it's preserving its own purchasing power, is kind of,
4: in a way. Yeah, because re- really you're you're growing your treasury over time, as opposed to just redistributing one asset into another. Because you're theoretically the bird model, of your treasury stays the same in value at the time of execution is just, there's gonna be two different assets as opposed to
2: one. And I, and this might be where I guess I disagree with with the waffle model because I view the value of the treasury as everything excluding our own assets. Because um, basically if you have a treasury of just shade, you have no value. Once you have a treasury of Bitcoin, secret, Ethereum, whatever, then it's like you have value that you can tap into that's like true, if that makes any sense. Like, and that's why I guess like, when it comes to like deploying the treasury for, um, for assets, to me that it's like a simple decision because then we have basically other ways to unlock value. Cause I, I don't think there will ever be a point where we'll want to just market, sell shade, right? Uh, so it probably only makes sense to use it to LP.
3: No, actually, we will, for, uh, for example, if you bootstrap uh, some liquidity uh, on a future swap, we will have this shade that we can use. If we're paying for a future grant or incentivizing in a future pool, pu- we take the shades from the treasury. But if we do it now, when you start giving away cheap shade, instead of minting cheap shade, then in the future, when shade will be valuable, well, we won't have that much left uh, when it comes to incentive- incentivization. Yeah. Incentives. So that's my, that's my whole point. Let's supply is low. Price is low. Liquidity is low. Let's mint a little bit of shade that will inflate a little bit, but create some real dynamics uh, around the DeFi of the protocol. And in the future, when shade will take its real value, well, we'll be still sitting on the stockpile of shade that we did not waste when it was cheap. That's my point.
2: I think, I think to dissect that, I would say that there is a, pool of assets of shade available for grants outside of the treasury so it's like partially it's like defining like what is what are the treasury assets um and then i would say too like when you look at the us dollar value of shade maybe it's not as valuable right now but when you look at it from like a ratio perspective like one shade is still 10 secrets so like one one shade or a hundred what is it no a hundred no 100. Hundred shade is in Ethereum, so it's like I don't know. I, are we going to use ten or fifteen percent in these initial bonds? Like, I guess that to me would be like a big part of the question. Um, I don't see. I don't see a reason to defend the entire allocation that was set aside for this purpose for you know the future.
5: I'll, I'll hop in here quick and say that, like, like in, interestingly enough, like there is an allocation for LP rewards. And so I think that's like maybe, yeah, a lot of this comes down to like how you view the treasury. Because personally, I view what is it? I think it's like 16% is pulled aside for LP rewards right now. It's like, I think there's a general consensus that it's better to use shade to permanently acquire assets than to pay for a temporary like service. And I think that forum post, or I talk about it at length kind of describes that scenario and kind of the absurdity of LP emissions. So in my mind, it's like we pivot the LP amounts to be more focused on bond issuance. That's the pool that we start from. And then once that runs out, you can continue to mint you know, mint uh, shade for bonds. But the Treasury's allocation, which I think is 10%, which is separate from grants, that can be used however the protocol wants. And that's, that's where that shade can be used to either be like liquidity providing, could be used to increase staking rewards. It can be used like anywhere. So I guess, Waffle, I'd be curious, like for the, the rewards that have been ear, earmarked for LP, does it make sense to use that for bonds? Or would you still say that it like in your mind, why not just like mint the shade? I'm, I'm just trying to understand like how you're demarcating the different allocations in your mind
3: I'm, i would say i'm pretty com, um conservative so if a previous model of bonds through minting new token as it has worked and is working perfectly i wouldn't go into weird endeavors and giving away treasury i would cherish the treasury especially when it's undervalued i mean that's that's my initial approach um i don't say that uh buying only secrets uh, and pairing ourselves the, sh- the shade from treasury with secret and, and owning this liquidity would be bad i'm not saying that um but i tend to uh, even if if the risk is giving away shade for cheap for our own asset i'm really looking forward to that dynamic that it would create of people going on uh, if you choose sienna swap for the launch going on sienna we teach them we explain them or we can even put a link on the website i'm sure uh, calling the contract for the pooling and then bring that uh to to the shade protocol and give it away waiting for um, that's what i'm waiting and i'm looking forward to but if we we go for it with the easy way well that's also doable
5: yeah the cool part on the front end is that bonds like with the launch of shade swap uh bonds will be directly integrated into the decks itself the user experience and workflow so imagine minting an lp token and it's like hey you can deposit that asset into this bond that's available right now, um, or or you just purchase an asset and it's like, hey, there's a bond opportunity for that. Um, Olympus Olympus DAO can't really do that. They generally like push people to go to Uniswap, make the LP token, and then come back to their UI UX. Whereas with us, we have the advantage that like we get to have all of that in one place and like a cohesive brand and user experience and workflow. Well. So that that's going to be a cool advantage that we have.
4: I think I think one thing you have to consider is that for the Shade Dow to reach critical mass in terms of protocol on liquidity, it would take quite a bit of a longer time, and it likely means you have to basically rent um, liquidity off of people for longer, which means that I can't imagine it would be better to um, use the treasury more towards bonds rather than um, Incentivizing emissions because you likely need those emissions much longer than before we get to a point where we're basically to say we're free to run wild on our own. I
2: would just say that, like, when I think of the shade tokenomics, it's like we're built on top of secret, right? So, like, what is the benefit of that outside of privacy? It's like we don't need to have unnecessary inflation. That to me is like the number one thing so like the bonding mechanism is essentially like give us value and we'll give you a equal amount of value plus some premium and so like for me that that is the that is the key of shade and so when you talk about like emissions that is the opposite of that like that is just like here's money like realistically like the decks the Dex liquidity depth on secret is so minimal that, like within two or three bonds, we could beat any swap that's on the network. And that's not even like a goal. That's like a low level um that's like a low level of success. but i I would say that bonding is is the most critical function that we have. And so like the determination of this model is like super important. And if you think about like a traditional business, right? if a traditional business was offered the fact that they could save 3% of their cost, they would like kill someone for that. And we're basically saying like, we're gonna give out an extra 3% in the waffle model by paying for our own assets that we already own. And it just seems to me like that like that doesn't make sense.
4: I think one thing you're failing to consider is that, infl- if we're talking about inflation in terms of shade, We don't really talk about inflation at the total supply level. Like the total supply of shade isn't going to bother people if it's inflating. The more the thing that will actually affect you is the inflation at the circulating supply level, because that's where people will see an increase in supply, greater selling pressure, price going down, stuff like that. Which, regardless of what model you use, whether you use the waffle model or the bird model, both are going to create an increase in your circulating supply. The difference obviously being the discount rate divide, where the additional premium required to be paid towards um, the shade, the discounted shade that's being repurchased. But obviously, that's something that can be measured and could be, be kept relatively minimal. We were discussing today about secret and how we think secret is quite a a low risk asset in terms of purchasing bonds and how we think that the discount level doesn't actually have to be very, very high for it. And really that directly translates into expecting you wouldn't be emitting that much extra shade.
5: Yeah, it's it's such a it's it's like uh it's interesting too because we're in a low liquidity situation as well. I know this is something that Austin has brought up before, but like you there's actually an argument to be made that some of these bonds shouldn't even be offered at a discount, that they'd be offered a slight premium because your ability to acquire shade is actually better to do it at a spot price through a bond than trying to go and get the corresponding amount off the of DEX. That's super like not user-friendly though because then it doesn't make sense. It's like, wait, I'm not earning a discount anymore. But it's like, but actually, you're, this, this is the best place to actually acquire shade right now with respect to existing liquidity. That's a whole different... like conceptual
1: conversation we could have as well. But I I digress. I was I was about to say that's a that's an intensely deep conversation in regards to not potentially not offering bonds at a discount, but offering them at spot prices because compared to slippage on a DEX, like it would be the best way to get your hands on shade without experiencing hundreds of percents of slippage if you wanted to make a purchase over like a thousand shade at once. Um, obviously that's a that's a high number, but um, that's that's quite a conversation. I think I think another question that uh, Anand brought up is a very good point in terms of entry assets. Um, specifically Secret Network just announced a partnership with Axelar and this conversation was also being had in the in the group earlier in the Shade Spartans chat but uh i'm I'm curious as to the viewpoints of everyone here um speaking on what entry assets we should we should be targeting um and and what that would potentially look like maybe Carter, if you wanna if you wanna kick us off ooh, um, I mean, I think it's like
5: is Axlar gonna be the gold standard for eth stables and for eth itself and for like wrapped bitcoin um If the answer is yes that like we see that the larger Cosmos decides to like really push in the XLR direction. I know Osmosis is really big fans of AxLR. Then I think it's for the sake of users and for liquidity, it makes sense to onboard similar assets. It's kind of a chicken and egg game though, because like you don't necessarily want to be the first to adopt the asset. you kind of like want the network effect to kick in before you adopt the, the asset from said bridge. Um, there's also bridge security risk, which I still think like there's some due diligence on our end that we need to do in terms of like checking out Axelar's model. I, it, from, from the looks of it, it's it's extremely safe. It's just essentially a bridge hidden behind uh, a multi-sig the size of a validator set. <laughs> and with, with like a bunch of other risk parameters, of course, too, but just to like keep it kind of drastically simplified. So I guess I won't give a very direct answer on it, to be honest, Dalton. I think it's like kind of have to wait and see a little bit um, how different IBC chains adopt it, and which assets are prioritized. I'm really excited about ETH stables, though, um, like
1: Frax and Dai. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that makes complete sense in terms of making sure things are are steady and stable before we actually jump into into that um, in regards to like bridge safety and and what assets are going to be included and and if they're safe or not. But um, I know Moon Royalty specifically had a an opinion about this in regards to like what he would potentially like to see as accepted assets or or things like that so i'd love to hear his opinion
2: well like right now we were talking about the lack of dex liquidity for the trades that you could make in shade so it's like from my perspective what we determine to bond for and which through whichever model like should be to create the deepest liquidity pool and so like what would that do that would basically be the asset that we're tethering ourselves to you know the reason why crypto prices go up is like eth is tied to bitcoin and then ethereum is tied to uniswap or binance or something and then that's tied to another asset so like the market moves in um moves together for that reason Um, so whatever asset that we choose to bond to, we're basically hitching the price of shade to it. I mean, like right now, the price of shade is based off the ratio of secret. Secret is a dollar. The ratio is 10. So a shade is worth $10. And that's basically, um, the question that we should determine, like, you know, which asset do we want to be most correlated with? Um, you know, I would personally choose something like Bitcoin or something, something that has like super high liquidity and is part of like the, what starts the bull runs. Like that would be for me, as opposed to like secret, which, you know, there's something to be said for secret because it is native. Um, everyone has some, uh, you know, you could also look at something like Adam, as, you know, a native asset that everyone has some, hopefully. Uh, yeah, but that would be my, um, that, that's kind of my thought on it, so.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, it's a very interesting concept of, of what asset are you actually tied to as a, as a project. Um, like you said, ETH is tied to Bitcoin, and subsequently, all of these other coins are tied to ETH. Um, so it becomes a very interesting conversation when you're trying to decide what you want to tether yourself to. But uh, Secret Waffle, I'd love to hear your opinion and then uh, Anon as well.
3: I'll tend to agree here with Ranger, um, and especially for the choice of Bitcoin as being the main pair, because um, yeah, like as I said, it's a matter of ratio, and we have an example in our ecosystem. We have Bot from Button Group who's paired to Bitcoin and when all of the assets have been divided by 10 because they were paired with an alt, uh, but just divided by three during this dump, uh, this dump just like Bitcoin. So the, if you paired with the soundest of the money, you will just behave like it and add sound money. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely uh, up for, for, for a main liquidity pair and being paired with Bitcoin, for sure.
4: Um, without, without going on too big of a tangent, I, I basically agree with a mix of what everyone said. Um, I think if we look at the bridging solutions out there right now, um, Axelar has basically begun to dominate the cosmos space with osmosis and a couple of the chains. Gravity bridge is on a similar vein, quite dominant in a couple of cosmos chains. It only connects to Ethereum at the moment though. And like Carter did mention about security, they're both effectively very, very big multi Um I think a strong opinion, but I think, in my opinion, NOMIC, which is partnered with Evmos, might be the most secure bridge only because it operates an optimistic model. So as long as one entity declares a, a fraud proof, the fraudulent transaction wouldn't go through. Um, I, think, I think we should begin with secret purely because it would, it would begin the process of how we go forward from here and it's the most abundantly available resource. However, then I agree with what the others have said about there is a very small liquidity of external assets still within our network. So bonds issued in regard to those will quickly make us the the biggest provider of that pool, effectively. I think the issue we have with Bitcoin, more so than Ethereum, is that we have a large, quite a few different Bitcoin bridges that are likely going to um, offer us a way to onboard Bitcoin. And the issue with that then becomes what do you choose and then the the friction where people have to go one route compared to the other. As so I think it might take a bit more time, but I'd like to see bit- a, a decision eventually made on how we take Bitcoin forward for Shadeswot.
1: Yeah, I think that is probably, honestly, the most rational approach. I think in regards to starting the process of, hey, what's what's most native around us and what's most abundant? Let's let's start the process with that, and then let's work our way outward when we have the opportunity to uh, to move to move on those. And then, like you said, putting in place a structure that allows us to make sure we're making the right decisions in regards to what we bring on um, on that path forward. But uh, I think since this topic is relatively heavy, um, and it is relatively complex, I would love to open it up uh, to Q&A here. But um, just right before that, let's, if anybody has any final thoughts, um, comments, or, or concerns, please voice them now, uh, more specifically to the speakers. Um, and then we can move into the Q&A section. Carter, do you? Okay, Carter jumped off. Um, I on think Waffle, yeah. Do you guys have any, any last comments?
4: No explicit thoughts, but if anyone does have any great ideas, we'd still love to see it on the forum so we can discuss it in greater detail. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, well, yeah, let's open it up to some Q&A here. Um, and, oh, Carter's back. Perfect. Carter, do you have uh, any final any final thoughts? I know you accidentally jumped off there.
5: Yeah, I would just say I want to challenge us to think about what it would mean to like run both models like on a very small scale out of the gates and observe the, observe the the impact of the two and kind of see like the community's reaction to both. Just because like, I think the best option is always to run small experiments and see how the market reacts to them and like how the, everything kind of reacts. And I think like the difficulty of a small experiment is, um, I guess the data set's pretty small that we'd be extrapolating out from, but that's kind of my vote. It seems like there's advantages to both both models some of it has to do with the philosophical difference with like how you think about inflation, how you define treasury assets, um what time frame potentially you're thinking about, how these operate within illiquid markets, but i, I don't know that that's how i'd want to challenge us as a group is what would like a really small experiment with both models look like and then yeah go from there.
1: Sounds yeah. From the marketing side, AB testing is is an absolute godsend, right? So it's kind of what kind of what you're suggesting. Yep,
5: in essence and also to echo Anon's point to waffle ranger everyone like be sure to hop on the forums and and give feedback um decision hasn't been made yet like i said i'm biased towards experiments but like it's going to be you know the the jury jury's still out but i think this is a super super helpful conversation and hopefully everyone that was on here today you know waffle anon ranger myself can all um you know go to the forums with our thoughts that we from what
1: we learned today yeah, waffle, I saw that you had a you unmuted for a second. Do you have anything to add?
3: No, I kind of appreciate uh, I kind of like the idea of Carter giving it a try. Maybe 10k bond opening with the waffle version, um, 10k with the ranger and see what happens.
1: Perfect. Um, I do see a requested here, so amir, we're gonna bring you up. Um, welcome. Uh, thank you for joining the Twitter space and, and feel free to ask a question. You should be you should be up um looks like you're on mute currently mm, yes hi everyone um thank you very much for um like expressing your opinions on both models um i'd like to ask about um actually specify about a uh, the targeted assets uh, just uh, not, maybe not to overlook monero as a as an important asset to have to have on um, um targeted and um also like um uh and you you briefly specified like uh, the question that basically that I keep as 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 this conversation is going I keep having in
5: my head is the time the time frame basically of of um this bond issuance and and
1: um and 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 how how long it will take basically for for, for the discount how, how long after that that we 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 issue both models how long do, do the discount go for
5: the bond is issued um you can define it and I think there's like a minimum of like X X number of blocks all the way up to, you know, I don't think there's really a limit on like how long the bonds can be issued for. So they can be they can be deployed. They can be taken down in terms of opportunities. So you could have a a vesting period like you you predefine the vesting period, however long that goes for. And then the bond stays open essentially as long as the protocol wants it to to stay open. Um, So eventually governance will fully be able to manage manage these different different components. But there's pretty much they've been designed with max flexibility. Like, uh like if you wanted a vesting period of three years. Hello, hello is it good? Oh,
1: yeah, Carter, you cut out there a little bit.
4: I think we may have lost him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you're to, to finish one three years. <laughs> <laughs> to finish that off, I, I think Carter meant to say you could probably have it as long as you wanted. um And on a on a slight tangent to the other question you had, I I do think would I think most people here would probably like to see quite a deep Monero pool held on Shadeswap and the, the Dow. I just think that there's a small struggle currently with the bridge that we have at the moment. I think if there was probably a, a solution that was a bit more easier from a UX perspective, it might be quite good in terms of seeing a lot of Monero flowing in and as well. Thank you very much for your answer.
1: Yeah, thank you, Amir, for for having a, having a couple questions for us. Um, we're gonna bring up Red Eye here. Uh, looks like he has a has a question. Um, so let's bring him up. Red Eye, you should be up. Welcome.
6: Um, super glad that you guys did this Twitter Spaces. Um, it works out with perfect timing because we're planning on doing a uh, recording of the Bonds episode later this evening of Shake, in and Flutter will be joining us for that but one of the one of the main things i've been thinking of while listening to you guys talk about those bond issuance models is we're we're thinking about this right now uh from the standpoint of like what is this going to look like in the beginning and that is a super important uh portion of time to focus on but as we get to mainnet, as the uh the total supply of shade becomes more decentralized all of this decision making is going to go back towards the community, and Carter kind of uh, like hit that point uh, just a few moments ago. And one of the things I can't help but think about is, you know, how do we like how do we enforce the same sort of like due diligence from the community when it really is up to us to make these decisions rather than relying on a core team of. Uh, of people that help us make these decisions and i'm not saying that the core team isn't going to be there or any of the people that are in this twitter spaces right now aren't going to be there later on to help out with these discussions but i'm personally curious as to like what these uh, conversations are going to look like once control is more it fully in the hands of the community like you know we're talking about what assets we want to focus on acquiring first you know what assets would we really ideally like to shade uh, kind of connected with as far as uh, price correlations are? And then, you know, taking these uh, steps six months, a year down the road and revisiting this and saying, OK, do we want to start acquiring different assets? You know, if we're not seeing the same sort of uh, performance or, uh, you know, market evidence that our decisions were maybe the best that could have been made how do we go about changing that? How do we keep each other uh, accountable? And then uh, ultimately, you know, does that decision making process uh, process look like? Because I know Carter had mentioned that, especially with how uh, shape protocol and, and the interconnected apps are kind of being set up right now, you're going to be able to interface with all of these different primitives all within the same landing page, which is really, really awesome. Um, and so I'm just, I know I just kind of spouted off a couple different ideas, but mainly I'm really thinking about, you know, how are we going to focus on, uh, like, properly incentivizing and uh, keeping the community accountable when making these decisions in the future when we're at a more decentralized point?
2: I I think that there's um, going to be governance, which will essentially be a sanity check upon a team of people empowered to create bonds so let's say the team uh like with feedback is like we're gonna create a bitcoin bond and then governance would vote on the idea of like is this a rational decision or not and then i think the assets which could be bonded for i i would have to get confirmation from um from someone that's closer to this process but i think that there's basically a white listed set of assets uh, and you would have to vote to get it on that list. And then you'd have to vote to make a bond. And all of these would have some sort of governance response to them.
5: Yep, Rain, uh, Rangers is exactly right. There's so designing, I mean, we could have a whole call to talk about like assemblies and governance and we could pull a uh, guy, the lead dev on governance onto like this type of Twitter space to talk about the current structure. But, in essence, like uh, you need to be able to empower a subset of actors to perform certain functions for the protocol for every every key primitive, like decisions about the DEX, decisions about bonds, decisions about silks peg. And so this DAO is going to rapidly grow into many, many different functions. And essentially, baseline token holders will be able to vote to elect people onto um, what we're calling assemblies. And these assemblies essentially have scoped access to take uh, certain executions, uh, take certain actions for the protocol, and then you have regular elections for those multi-sigs, re-elections, and then there's something called sanity checks where like every single baseline operation has to get approved by baseline governance, but it has an extremely like uh, has a, has a much lower quorum. Because you have to you have to strike a balance between performing operations for the DAO while still having baseline accountability to underlying token holders. And governance is something, like, as a protocol.
1: Did we lose him again? Carter, we uh, we lost you for the last, like, 10, 15 seconds here. Oh,
5: okay. I was just saying that we used to talk more. <laughs> he came back to go.
6: <laughs> I think what Carter was talking about really answers my question. I just wasn't sure how governance was going to be uh, completely set up to handle... Um, you know, implementing some of these changes. I know, I'm sure uh, the the shape protocol white paper, uh, the sections that include governance, still have some updates to be made. But I am, uh, I know that there is a primitive branch, and I was basically just wondering: is there going to be these different uh, assemblies within the, this primitive branch of governance that? has more uh, like direct or intimate control over uh, the direction of these remnants, obviously, obviously with the approval from a more uh, a wider scope of governance. Like I'll, government. I'll say can
5: this, can people hear me? Yep. yep. I'll say this, the beautiful part is that assemblies as a concept, any number of assemblies can be built with any degree of functionality. So like the community can collectively say, hey, we believe we want to empower this subset of actors to be allowed to take this subset of actions. So sky's pretty much the limit for wh- how we like cut and slice and, and form governance. Like that, that flexibility is there. And that's, uh, that's really good news for us. We're, we Essentially we don't know what the final form will actually look like, but we have the tools to be able to build it. And uh, so we're going to need people to take lead on how many assemblies are going to exist? What precise actions can they take? What's the the metrics by which we're we're measuring all these different groups? Um, it's gonna it's gonna get real a, lot, a, a solid amount of entropy, but I, I think we prefer the entropy to some other DAOs where it's just like, hey, this is the policy we executed on it. Hope you like it. Like take it or leave it. I think shape Protocol because we have such a long term vision. We value decentralization while also understanding that we need to empower a subset of actors to take daily operations in the name of the DAO. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to navigate. And uh, we definitely need to circle back more on the value and effectiveness of governance. Like as we launch the products, I think we should start to have more focused discussion discussions as a community again. So thanks. Thanks for bringing that up. Definitely agree.
6: Yeah. And I'll, I'll just say what you're saying makes me feel really positive and bullish. Not that I wasn't already. about the the outlook for the future because I feel like a lot of primitives, they get kind of stuck with this original choice that they make depending on how much uh, flexibility there is in changing uh, various parameters associated with the primitives. And so knowing that we as uh, token holders and we as uh, the protocol, like the general protocol, can make these really really detailed changes is really good for the long term, I imagine, because we're going to want to be reflective with what's going on in the market, what's going on with other protocols as they're developing uh, new potential methods. Uh, like, I know there was another virtual uh, bond issuance mechanism that uh, was put in the Spartan chat, I think it was yesterday, the, what is it called, the chicken model? Uh, so being able to, like, look at new models that are uh, being discovered and come up with and being able to look at, hey, can we potentially implement this in the future?
1: Perfect. Um Ranger, I know you're I know you're unmuted here. Um but uh Red, thank you for the question. Um Ranger, if you have anything to add, feel free, but uh, if not, we're going to bring up Zenepi here. He's uh probably our last question for the day. Um just cuz we're we're running low on time here. So Okay. I saw Ranger muted, so we'll bring Zenepi up. Uh Zenepi, you are on stage. Welcome. Hello? Got you loud and clear. Hey, so uh
6: have you thought about maybe offering Stake shade or a staking derivative of shade for longer vesting periods.
5: Yeah, I interesting. Think- so yeah. You're, saying, yep. you're saying offer offer a bond specifically on people giving back a derivative to the DAO
6: for like a a stake shade a shade staking derivative instead of really yeah a- we have
5: we're working on the staking derivative actually like as we speak um it should be we're kind of in a situation where the derivative will actually probably be launching side by side with staking um for shade protocol. So staking derivative is definitely on the table. How it interacts with bonds, I personally I haven't put too much thought into it. I've definitely put more thought into the secret staking derivative product and how it interacts with the protocol because it's yield bearing for the treasury. But we definitely could spin up a thread for Staking derivatives. Also, staking derivatives are kind of designed differently than normal staking derivatives, so that it, it warrants its whole own discussion. But uh, it's a it's a great it's a great question. I'd love to hear more about what your ideas are surrounding how we could leverage staking
1: derivatives and, and bonds with shade.
3: Thank you.
1: Yeah, Zanobi, I think that's a, a pr- another perfect protocol um, discussion that can happen on the forum if that makes sense. And maybe maybe you put up a thread, and then all of us kind of as a community collectively give our thoughts and opinions. Um, But yeah, like Carter said, we're currently in development on that uh, shade staking derivative. And then there has been quite a lot of thought put into what it would potentially mean um, for that uh, staked secret derivative that shade released earlier this year um, to be involved with the bonding process. But I think that uh, wraps us up here today. We cut it off a few minutes early. Um, I know specifically where I'm at, it's, uh, it's lunchtime, so I haven't eaten yet today, but, uh, yeah, I just want to thank everyone for, for jumping on, uh, and, and continuing these community discussions. They're, they're really important to have. And, and like Red brought up specifically, like the more we can have these conversations that I think the better off we'll be. Um, but special thanks to Carter, uh, Ranger, Secret Waffle, and Anon for jumping on here and, and having these hard discussions. Um, thank you to everyone who asked us questions. It, it helps us gain new perspectives and and make sure that we're not um, just siloed in, in one area. And, and again, it, it opens new opportunities to learn and grow. So thank you all for jumping on. Um, we will be on next week, same time, same day. So make sure to mark it down in your calendars. Um, they are listed in our Discord and on the Cosmos calendar and Secret Network calendar as well. But uh, yeah appreciate
3: everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys.
0: Have a nice day guys. Thanks for checking out another episode of the ether. That was the shade protocol weekly Twitter space recorded on Wednesday, July 13th, 2022. Motherfucker, step the fuck back Doing a little magic, pulling rabbits out the rucksack Not everybody's always in it for the money Looking like another crooked Sunday and I'm working Monday So you know I ain't stressing, left debating great methods Amazed to play Inception, the base stay blessed See, even with these huge sums of overall royalty These sums of money that go to the record label per playback Can seem insultingly small Many rights holders are taking around three quarters of a cent. Only some portion of that. For the actual well, artists. artists, they're making <laughs> they're <laughs>
5: pennies, <laughs> pennies per play.